0: Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast for discussions on films that are out of date, out of style, old, or whatever. As usual, I'm your host, James Eldred. Who do I got back today?
1: You have Emmett Watkins Jr. Thank you for having me so much. Emmett. Thank you to you.
0: Yeah, long time no see. It's been over a year um, since we recorded uh, for Coonskin, uh, uh, yeah. you know, everyone's, everyone's favorite family an- animated family film um <laughs> today we'll be discussing something much lighter <laughs> than that so no no content warnings for racial content today um or anything this is a wholesome film kind of uh it, we'll, it's yeah. pretty tame it's very
1: uh, it's a pg-13 ass movie
0: it, yes it is it is very much and today we're talking about run low the run and we'll get there and we'll run over there in a minute but before we get there i wanted to talk about Some of the stuff going on. So it's been a while since the last episode, and I apologize. Uh, As I mentioned last time, I had some medical stuff. Nothing super serious, but all that got delayed because I had the flu. (laughs) So
1: I'll do it to you.
0: I still haven't had what I. What I. I'm sorry to be crass. My analytical spit roast um which is <laughs> my colonoscopy and endoscopy that is this week and that pushed back another recording i was going to do an episode about the i'm planning an episode i don't want to say it's going to be on it because i don't want to i don't want to ruin it in case they have to cancel but i'm going to do my next the, ex, the next episode should be a comparison part pod, a podcast where i compare the two versions of firestarter
1: oh because
0: the original version of firestarter while not a great film is a film I enjoy tremendously because sometimes you want to see old assholes burn alive. And (laughs) it delivers that. The remake is one of the 10 worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And I really want to get into, like, why that is, like, talk about some issues of, like, mo- I have with modern filmmaking. And I have a couple guests on there who have, also have, so- one, one, who, one who also has very strong opinions, and the other who's a very good sport. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be, that should be next month. This, well, yeah, next month, because this is January now. So, that we, I should have at least one episode next month. I'm going to try to get something recorded before my surgery. If not that, then something else. The, the surgery, by the way, is just my deviated septum, Nothing serious. But that'll put me out of commission to talk for a few days. You know, podcast for a few days. But anyway, Emmett. <laughs> Indeed.
1: Hi. Before, how's it going?
0: Hi, yes, about uh, all that uh crap. But um before <laughs> we get to run all the run, uh have you seen anything else recently you want to talk about?
1: Uh yeah, I've seen a handful of things. Um I I'll I'll be honest with you. Last year, pretty much all of 2022, I was really bad about watching anything movies tv any th- and really playing games as well if i'm honest i didn't do too much of any of that but uh yeah, i have watched a
0: life good for you but go ahead i
1: mean yeah you you've <laughs> seen i'm not gonna bore the listeners with you know the personal life stuff but <laughs> i've been having a life and it's been pretty good having a life it's weird uh high five. <laughs> i'm not used anyway. to it yeah high five indeed um but yeah uh i have recently i checked out uh the last two movies that i saw were very different, really just polar opposites. I will say, as a side note, I did watch Princess Mononoke for the first time. Ooh. First first Studio Ghibli movie, and the reason I don't want to talk about it too much is because um, I watched half of it, and then we got distracted with something else, and then we watched the other half later, and I I was sleep-deprived, so I was nodding off a bunch.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> and so... Yeah, it, and it's not the movie's fault. The movie's great. Like, I, I have positive feelings about Princess Mononoke, but I want to go back and watch it because once we got to the end, I was like, oh, yeah, that felt like it was over very quickly. Like, it just wrapped itself up instantly. But yeah, I think I've that's never, just because I was missing sections.
0: Yeah, it's a long movie. Um, yeah. But I've never seen it. Uh, Ooh. I know. I, I, I haven't seen a lot of Ghibli. I've seen Totoro, like, a dozen times. And I've seen Kiki's Delivery Service, um, and Howl's Moving Castle, and I no, not how. no, uh, Laputa, Laputa. Is that the ah, same gotcha, movie? Gotcha. Is that the same movie? I forget. Anyway, Possibly, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the Japanese name because I live in Japan. Um, but I haven't seen uh, a lot of his stuff. I got, I got, I own Mononoke. It's on my shelf of movies that I haven't watched yet that I own. <laughs> <laughs> so, my goal this year is to get to that entire self. It's about 20 movies. Um, oh, okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. But a lot of them are long, and that's the why I don't watch them. I see. Um, so, I have been watching a ton of movies this month because I had the flu. And uh, <laughs> uh, my, the boyfriend and I have recently been watching an old TV show called Soap, which I highly recommend. And it's on Tubi.
1: A Tubi recommendation is interesting.
0: So, I decided when I was sick, I'm going to go ham on Tubi. So cuz Tubi, have you ever watched movies on Tubi?
1: I haven't, but I know the the quote the meme or just the the reputation that it has for just that's where all the like weird like low budget foreign films oh, go.
0: It is it is it is my dad's video store. Like it is just <laughs> like every straight to video box I ever saw is there. And so um I have watched almost. It is as as of this recording. It is uh, April twenty. It is April. I'm I'm fucking dead. It is uh, January twenty third. I have watched about forty movies. Wow. <laughs> well, I was Jesus watching Christ when I was sick. I watched five at four and five a day. So i <sighs> r- r- quick highlights and lowlights. These are all almost all of these are on Tubi. Um, Demented. If you want to see the worst acting in a Ray revenge movie ever made, watch that. um absolutely like i don't mean to make light of it you will make light of it that's how bad it is um the woman in this movie cannot act anyway um 1988's party line if you want to see leaf garrett as a cross-dusting incestuous serial killer highly recommend that um barn of the naked dead um which is about a guy who kidnaps women for his homemade circus. Also, his dad's a radioactive mutant. It's a movie. Uh, I saw <laughs> mi- Missing an Axe in two and three. Two is great. Three is terrible. Um, other highlights. Uh, if you want to see a really bad, great, sleazy '90s sex thriller about computers, <laughs> it's called it's called Hard Drive. <laughs>
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's a gooder. There's a fantastic Gallo called Too Beautiful to Die. It is the second best movie I've ever seen that incorporates a Frankie Goes to Hollywood video into the, into the narrative. Um, the best Highly being, specific. The best being Body Double. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? Um, <laughs> Schoolgirls in Chains. There you go. Um, <laughs> 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 that's on Crackle. Even below 2 is crackle. School Girls and uh, Chains, much better than you'd think a movie called School Girls and Chains would be.
1: <laughs> I it has to be because my when the expectations are on the floor, half an inch up has to be Oscar worthy.
0: <laughs> yes. Um let's see. A mediocre slasher called Sweet 16. What are the highlights and Lowlights? So highlights, I would say um probably Blood Rage, which is a fantastic slasher um Mm. with what's her name mary hartman the the chick from mary hartman um woody allen's first wife or second wife what's her name uh louise 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 that's it great movie great super fun slasher flick i i highly recommend that that's on tubi and and any other oh american gothic which i had huh. seen with my dad had that but at the video store forever it's from 1987 it has rod steiger and yvonne carlo and it's about a group of like 20 somethings who's plane crasses on an on an island outside of seattle <laughs> i don't know and um <laughs> steiger and De- De carlo are these religious fanatics who have these grown children who act like little kids and um Things pop off. That it is one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. Um, oh, and it is. It, I, I expected some like mediocre, like straight to video thriller. It is a grindhouse movie. Like it is. It is. It is messed up. There are dead babies. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. It is. It is. It is. It is a. It is a wonderfully vile film. Um. <laughs> so I, I really recommend that, and I will say. The, the the best movie I saw this month, other than what we're going to talk to to talk about today, was not on Tubi. It's called Chamber of Horrors. That's an old horror movie about detectives at a wax museum. I recommend that. The worst movie I saw this month was I saw three terrible ones. I saw King Frat. Don't even ask. I saw <laughs> Linda Lovelace for President. Um, okay. <laughs> Which, I've all, which I thought would be... The, after, that's a very bad comedy. It's really racist. It's really sexist um, on purpose. Like It's one of those, like, we offend everyone. Like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and I thought that'd be the worst movie I saw this month. But then I saw a movie called Imps. Oh, no. Which is the immoral minority something something. Um, it was made in 1983. It came out in 2009. <laughs> no! <laughs> It is a sketch comedy film. Um, oh no! And it is the worst comedy I've ever seen. It it is the worst. It is the worst comedy I've ever seen. The it, it's like very bad. It's it's also very dated, which didn't help. But like, I knew the references, and it still wasn't funny. Like there's one, it's like <laughs> a vampire drinking iller light blood. That's the joke. <laughs> okay, that, that's the joke. Um,
1: that would have gone human, right over my head
0: woman bidding on a guy to have sex with him and then the reporter covering it who's a man bids on the guy too and that's the joke
1: <laughs> this this ter- looks like movie 43 but worse
0: it, it, i heard that was bad this is terrible but the cast um just really quick i'm no I'm, 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 I'm we'll wrap this up soon trust me the cast yeah. of this film keenan Wynn, let's see jimmy walker Meadowlock lemon pj souls peter scolari sybil danning Huh? Marilyn Chambers, Fred Willard, John Carradine, Jennifer Tilly, and Linda Blair.
1: Jesus Christ! Yes, How they pull that all off? in this
0: film. Between the, this cast has thirty-six, as the box says, thirty-six actors with thirty-eight Emmy, three Oscar, and eight Golden Globe nominations.
1: That's wild. <laughs> uh, like oh, I, I said, movie Mc- forty-three,
0: and Michael McKean.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, four Playboy playmates and a penthouse pet, and um.
1: And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs>
0: and fuck me, it's unwatchably bad. Uh, I just—if I'm Ooh. not recommending anybody watch it, but it, like the phrase anti-humor should be retired because <laughs> this movie is devoid of humor. It is. It is. Un- I want. I, I almost want to interview. Like I almost want to track down somebody who made it, and be like what the fuck's wrong with you uh (laughs) this is by a guy named scott mansfield who who has only made four movies they're all horribly reviewed his best reviewed movie is deadly games it's a slasher from 82 that has some some slasher fans like it has a great poster but no any oh oh
1: oh yeah this thing seems pretty rough uh i'll still clear events at least
0: also, don't watch Linda Lil- Linda Lillis, the President. That's also very bad.
1: Um, but oh, anyway. Yeah. I'm definitely. I, I will say quickly before we go on, um, I want to shout out uh, just two movies that I saw um, other than Princess Mononoke. These are actually movies I was cognizant for the entire time. Mm. Um, I did watch uh, Lamb, the A24 oh. flick from like two, three years ago. Yeah, um, yeah that one was. It, look, I knew it was weird, which is why I was interested in it, which is why me and my girlfriend were both interested in it. So we watched that. Um It wasn't. Look, I'm all for weird movies. I love a good weird movie and I love it when people go for it, even if they don't necessarily hit it. The thing was, for as slow as this movie is, I like a good slow movie, but I need something interesting happening. It doesn't have to be big plot events, just like even interesting mundane stuff. But like Icelandic farming isn't all that interesting. (laughs)
0: Uh, fuck you, man. You, that sounds amazing. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't.
1: To say. And also, we didn't know this was a foreign film until we started it. And we were like, oh, fuck, we got to read? Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, somehow we had forgotten about that part. But um, it has a cool thing at the end, but it's not worth sitting through the whole movie to get to that thing at the end.
0: I'm also going to guess this is an A24 film. Yeah. So, is this all about vibes and nothing's explained?
1: Um, nothing is explained. I I'll tell so. you yeah, that. Fuck that. Nope. I'm done. Nope. <laughs> I'll say, I'll that. say this. They explain one thing that you're wondering the entire movie, but after that's explained, it adds more questions and then they don't answer those.
0: <laughs> of course not. I really have a problem with that. Like I didn't see that movie men.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch that either.
0: I want somebody I knew I, I respect watched it and I was like, okay, does it end bullshit? And they don't explain anything. And they're like, kind of, I'm like, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm done. It's like, mm. it's like someone, it's like, um, those games, that studio that makes like Limbo,
1: Limbo oh, and, yeah. Play dead Inside.
0: Games. And like, th- those, those, they don't, ex- like, yeah, Limbo's a great game. And Inside plays very well, but neither of them explain anything. It's like, just like, we make this world and you're there and woo. And like, I just think that's lazy as fuck. Like you hmm. can't write up. it's, it, it's very easy to create. That's why a lot of shows start good and then bad. Is because it's really easy to create a world, but it's hard to populate it with reason and logic. And I'm really sick of that in games and movies. Like, give me a fucking narrative. And if you're too lazy to do it, don't make it. Don't say it's an art film. You're just lazy. <laughs> that's my. That's my. That's my harsh opinion on it. I'm sorry if you that's know a little... what.
1: That is absolutely fair. Um, I, it's not that you know what. I do disagree. But it's not mm-hmm. that you're okay. wrong about it. It's more so <laughs> that like it's it's like this. There's there's chocolate milk and then there's LaCroix. LaCroix don't <laughs> taste like anything, but sometimes you don't want the whole strawberry. Sometimes you just want a hint to go with like whatever meal you're having or because you don't want something heavy. And chocolate milk is the meal. Yeah. <laughs> you're not drinking chocolate milk with something else. So like I, I they have their places. my point.
0: And you don't always have to explain everything in a narrative, for example, today's movie. Run, Lola, run. Uh, Emmett, you wanted to talk about this one. Why?
1: A long time ago, I saw this movie, somewhere like mid to early college, and it just sounded interesting. It's, you know, the premise seems like a premise that would be wrapped up in less than the length of a movie. And I saw that the runtime was longer than that. So I'm like, what the fuck does this possibly mean? And it surprised me in a lot of ways. And even rewatching it for this show today. It still hits. It's still very cool. It's still very novel, still very weird in ways I didn't really think about until this watch. And uh, yeah, I think it's just really cool. I think it's a really cool, intense uh, kind of I don't know if I want to call it an indie movie. It feels like it has a little bit more of a budget than that, but um, they did a lot with not too much.
0: I would call it like we'll talk about this later. It's, a, it's an art house film, you know, of, yeah. of that era. Uh, so you said you saw it in college. I don't know how old you are. So you don't have to spoil that. But like, <laughs> how long ago was college for you?
1: Uh, I'll say this. Graduated high school in 2013. So I okay. maybe saw this movie 2015, 16, somewhere around okay,
0: there. Okay, well, fuck you. And also, I saw this in, <laughs> I saw this in college, meaning I saw it when it came out. <laughs> so... because um, I, I was, was in, two.
1: Oh...
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, oh, I just boy. saw. I just saw. Uh, L- Lazy game reviews is going to do a video on an old Alien way PC, which was the PC I had in college. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, what I had in college is retro now. I'm a. I'm just going to turn to dust. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I <laughs> saw this. Oh, fuck off. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not your <laughs> fault, y- youth. Um, hey,
1: all my stuff is turning 20 years old this year. So it's like all my childhood memories are becoming old as well. I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: I'm watching soap, and soap is over 40 years old. And I'm like, "What do you mean? That everyone wondering this cast is dead? Oh yeah." Anyway, um, <laughs> so I watched this in college. Uh, I not in the theaters because I lived in Toledo, and I went to college in Bowling Green. We didn't get this shit. Um, in Ohio, uh, yeah. Bowling Green, Ohio, sure. not Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, and <laughs> it blew my fucking mind when I saw oh, it. Yeah, and. I was obsessed with it. I owned the soundtrack. I owned the soundtrack to this on two continents. <laughs> I have Jesus. I have the original CD, which I think I got as a promo. Yeah, I got it as a promo. I reviewed this CD for my high, for my college newspaper. I wish I remember, remembered that before this. I would have found that review. Um, maybe if I find that, I'll put a link to it on Twitter. I'm very embarrassed with oh, all my college writing, by the way. Um, and... <laughs> Then I bought another copy here because the copy in Japan has a bonus track because Japan has bonus tracks. And I, oh, yeah. I was obsessed, obsessed with this movie. Um, and I hadn't seen it since then. And so when you, I put it on my list and kind of forgot about it. And when you recommended it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I get to watch Run, Little Run again. Fuck yeah. And I told my boyfriend, because my boyfriend has watched almost all the To Be Tracks I've watched this month. Not all of it. But, like, the majority of it. And I'm like, this is the best movie. movie. Nori, this is the best movie you're going to see all month. Um, (laughs) Unequivocally, no question. And we watched it a couple nights ago. And this shit still owns. This movie is amazing. It might be. It's definitely in the top five movies I've covered on this podcast. I wouldn't say. It's no alligator um because what is but it's um it's just a great it's just a great goddamn movie and so you you said when you like you, the synopsis didn't sound like a full movie so what is the movie about
1: uh the movie is basically uh what the trailer showed me was hey you this there's this girl lola and her boyfriend calls and it's like hey yo um i am involved with some shady folks and i'm supposed to hand them off a bag of money that bag of money is gone so I am out hundred thousand dollars, and I need to meet them with that money in twenty minutes. On oh, debt. Yeah, on <laughs> debt. Yeah. So it's literally just twenty minutes. You need a hundred thousand. Go, and I'm like, how do you make a whole movie out of that? How do you fill a hundred and what eighty or no, just eighty minutes? Eighty minutes. With that? 80,
0: very short film. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you haven't seen Run Lola Run, stop right now. Go watch it. If you know nothing yeah. about, if you know <laughs> nothing about Run Lola Run, you're lucky. Go watch That's it. That's what right makes now. it hit. That's what makes if. You, did, did you know? Did so? You didn't know the gimmick.
1: I did not know the gimmick. I was totally like, "How do you stretch that further out?" And what happened blew my mind as well. <laughs> so, so
0: I do know the gimmick. Like I did know the gimmick when I saw it, and of course I know now we watched it. But the gimmick is basically, um, you get to see three tries of mm-hmm. this. Like it doesn't go right, reset. It doesn't go right, reset. Then what happens? And um, it's. Such an interesting idea, and i I tried to find out like is like how many movies have actually done this? uh yeah,
1: tell me because I'm adding this to a list,
0: <laughs> so you know, it's a short list, there are four movies, including uh. this one, as far as I know um and oh, I'm not counting all the things that are spoofed run all the run um. there's an episode of the Simpsons that did it there's an episode of Community that did it like run all the run was a really big deal when it came out like we'll get there but it was a it was it was supposed to be the next big thing Um, but Hmm. as far as I can tell the first movie or at least the first American movie to show alternate timelines as um, was It's a Wonderful Life
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough
0: now that's Uh, a little bit different because that does it in the narrative we should say that there's no narrative explanation for this. It's just, literally, it's just the movie. Like the movie, is, yep. he, has, he has three, three chances. Um, so, the first movie I can find that did this as with no narrative reason is an old, I think, a German film called Street of Temptation. And it basically shows two results of a coin toss. And that's in huh. 1962. I do not believe that film has ever been released in English anywhere. So, good luck, everybody. Uh, the most, the most famous precursor to this, and the most direct influence, direct influence on this, is a film by I can never say this man's name. Uh, yeah, he is, I believe, a Polish filmmaker. Um,
1: Christ- you want to give it a go? I'll give it a shot. Let's let's try Krysztof. Christ- <laughs> Kreitzkov, uh Kielowski. Ooh.
0: I think it's Christoph, uh, Christoph Kielowski. I have no idea how to say his name. He is a very influential filmmaker. Um, other, other films by him: uh, Decalogue. Decalogue is a super famous film. The Double Life of Veron- uh, the Double Life of Veronica. Ver- Ver- Veronik I can't say her name. And um, Blue, White, right, Blue, White right, and Blue, White and Red: The Three Colors Trilogy. Um, ah, okay. Which were huge, like foreign films when they came out, like insanely acclaimed. I have not seen them. Um, <laughs> and they have like Juliette Binoche and Julie Depley, and uh, they're really well, well-regarded films. And that movie shows three very different turnout, turn out um, turn results of a guy trying to catch a train. And uh, I think it one it becomes a communist, and one it becomes an anti-communist. Like it's a huge. It's a. It was the movie was banned. (laughs) The movie was banned for a few years in in because of its communist and anti-communist stuff in it. Um, That's a direct influence on this film. And the only other film I can see that kind of came out before, kind of after this, was Sliding Doors, which is probably the most famous of these movies. That's a Gwyneth Paltrow film where basically it shows two outcomes of her missing a train. What? One, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once she catches the train and once he misses the train. And uh, I apparently the director of Blind Chance, the other movie, not happy about that. Um, <laughs>
1: I can imagine.
0: Uh, or people, or I, he, might, he might have passed away by then. I forget. People were not happy about that. The movie got good reviews. I'd never seen it. Uh, I am not a Gwyneth Paltrow fan. So, but I, that's the biggest reference point. That's what I told my boyfriend before we watched this. I'm like, it's like, it's like sliding doors, but really good yeah <laughs> so so uh the movie is by uh it's it's, it's kind of a one-man show a uh, writer director co-composer tom Twyker, who oh, wow i will be honest um since i've been so sick i didn't have a lot of time to research him that much uh he is a very acclaimed director like insanely acclaimed have you seen any of the films by him
1: uh I'm about to check are all these okay, this isn't his entire filmography. It's ones um, you've heard of. It, it, maybe you've heard it, of. There are two, yeah. Okay, is it all because I know he's done stuff that isn't foreign. That's like the best. Cloud chance Atlas. I have.
0: Cloud Atlas.
1: Yeah. Cloud Atlas, I haven't seen all of, but I've seen parts of it on TV. <laughs> it's long. It's long as fuck, right? Yeah. It's one of those where it's like when it's on TNT, that's a five hour block. <laughs> yeah.
0: And um the international.
1: Which the international is the, I've heard of, I think?
0: Uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen. That's the guy from Shoot
1: 'em Up, right? Yep, yep. That's that Shoot 'em Up guy.
0: I really want to see that because I, that has, I was supposed to watch it this week, but again, I felt like shit and I couldn't focus enough <laughs> to do anything. Um, that has a shootout in the Guggenheim. Oh, wow. Um, which looks amazing. And so I've always, everyone I've always said, who talked to who has seen it, they've all said, it's okay. The accent's amazing. So I do want to see that. And then there's Perfume. Perfume's probably his biggest film outside of the international. That was a huge international hit. Um, Like this, this is probably the most acclaimed director I've had on this podcast, talked about on this podcast. Um, So many of his films, Winter Sleepers, The Princess of the Warrior, Heaven, Perfume, The International, and this movie, all in all the, all the foreign awards. Not so much the Oscars and stuff But like really acclaimed internationally Critics fucking love them Um, mm. He was hot shit And when this movie came <laughs> out He was like catapulted to the hottest shit Like people did, Like it was y- You were So how old were you when this came out?
1: <laughs> when Okay so when 98, uh, 98, run in Germany? Oh, 90 in Germany I was two years old <laughs> So, so yeah. I
0: was nineteen, and um, he was <laughs> such the hot. Yes, that's his life. He was hot shit. Like he was, people were like, "This is the ne- he is the next big thing. He will be everywhere." And it didn't really work out that way. But I don't think he has many regrets. It seems to be that he makes the movies he wants to make. Exactly, and, and he did get in really early with the Wachowskis, and yeah,
1: the Call It Atlas connection, huh?
0: Cloud Atlas, not this Cloud Atlas. He also, they both worked on Sense Eight.
1: Oh, okay, there we go.
0: And he did some music for Matrix Revolutions. Hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, so, very similar music palette.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, in my, in my opinion, uh, Trico's music palette, at least for this movie, is what sounds like Underworld. Let's do that. Do you hmm. know what Underworld is?
1: Yeah, like the vampire cape. No, 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 no. Different the band, one. Different one. The band. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar with the band. Then.
0: <laughs> okay, no, like Born Slippy. I'll put a clip of Born Slippy right now that from from from, from uh, Trainspotting, You know. Great stuff. Um, in fact, are. the the temp soundtrack to this movie was Underworld, and they oh. they edited it to 120 beats a minute. Like that was the plan. Um, hmm. But yeah, it, it's fat. yeah, he's he's all he's all about this, and I love. I think every decision he makes is great. <laughs> like I, I think it really feels like a one man movie.
1: Yeah, it does feel like one consistent vision that wasn't compromised, wasn't changed. Like it's very much so like like you said, everything's very paced, like even the music thing, like you you had told me that before we uh, started recording and I had no clue that it was like paced to music. But even watching it on this repeat, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can kind of tell that like. It's it's a little bit hypnotic in that way and I guess that's what kind of leads to that. So, um yeah, it it feels like no compromises, but it's also a very limited scope. So, it doesn't yeah. feel like it's too crazy.
0: Yeah, and the music's great. The music, that's him, that is, he co-composed it with him and two other people um well three of the two people uh, um Reinhold Heil and Johnny Klimek. They've all worked with him. Um, Heel was in was in Nina Hagen's band. You don't know who that is? Don't worry, it's okay. Um <laughs> you don't you shouldn't. Um and there's some there's some other electronic people involved with this all very 90s, all very MTV amp, which was uh, MTV's electronic like like this is stuff that like if you liked Crystal Method
1: or oh, okay.
0: Chemical Brothers or Fluke or Underworld this is the kind of dance music, like "quote unquote" electronica, like this like, very driving beats. Not really house, not really trance. Just good, good electronic music, and it's still probably my favorite type of electronic music because that's what I grew up. That's what I listened to when I was in college. Um, so I'm I'm biased there, but really yeah. great music, um, great written well, directed well, and the movie as, as, behind the camera it's one man, in front of the camera it's one woman. <laughs> um, yeah. Lola. Lola is played by Franca Potente, which I think I'm saying right. Um, I bet hey. people know who she is because she's in the first Born film. Was um, it just the first one? Well, then they murder the shit out of her in the first five minutes of the second movie. That's uh, it.
1: That's why I remember her in another one. She gets refrigerated like in five seconds. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, which sucks. Yeah, which sucks, which is why I didn't watch it. Because it kind of pissed oh. me off. It's like they so he dies in the trailer, and it's the, the it's the it's the kind of thing like the girl has to guide, die to motivate the boy. And it's, uh,
1: she you she got Taken Three.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, she got me. What's the phrase Like that. Oh happened. yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, she got. Yeah, she got I didn't. So, did, do they kill the wife in Taken Three?
1: Uh, yeah, that was in the trailers too. Oh
0: okay, I never seen Taken Three. I only. You I don't have taken- to. I saw Taken for the first time last year.
1: Oh, wow. I'm kind of jealous. That's a great movie. It's a fun one.
0: It's really stupid. Uh, It is,
1: but you kind of, you really believe the emotional stakes of it, so you kind of are in.
0: I want to do a deep fake. I want to do a deep fake and replace Liam Neeson with Charles Bronson, (laughs) because I feel like that's what Liam Neeson's going for in those films. But anyway, Um Monica Potente, is, she's in a few other films that, that that are in English. She was in Shea. She's in a, a British film people like called Creep, and she's in The Conjuring 2.
1: Yeah, um, that's weird. Did not know that.
0: Yes. Uh, have you seen any other films with her?
1: Um, other than this one, uh, I, I did see the Firstborn movie. I saw the, I've saw. i seen all those movies. My okay. mom's a big fan of them. Um, but yeah, Conjuring 2, I feel like I've seen clips of Conjuring 2, but not enough to know that she was in it. So that's a surprise. <laughs> but yeah, I know she's done other stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like, And again, like a lot of it's German and like, she's in a lot of, of this of Trico's films. Uh, yeah so his follow-up was with her the warrior and the princess um which is not a fantasy film by the way the princess and the warrior um she's in that too and they dated for they dated briefly they became a couple during this movie um she also quit smoking during this movie (laughs) because (laughs) she was like i'm gonna die (laughs) i have to run all the time because she's she's running through germany and fucking doc martin's
1: um, I can imagine.
0: Oh, that would kill! Imagine the calluses. Just imagine. But oh, certainly. Uh, yes. See, she she's still very successful. She just doesn't really do a lot of like mainstream Hollywood stuff. Um, she has joked about doing a sequel to this, and she's like I would want to do a cameo, but it's a different world. I'm not going to run. Give me an Uber, <laughs>
1: like or at least Healy's.
0: At least. <laughs> oh man, that'd be <laughs> rad.
1: Roll uh, Lola, roll
0: <laughs> parkour, parkour, Lola Parker. Uh, yeah, oh my it, god, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of
0: that too. And uh, the only other person in this film who I've seen in any other movie is Manny, her boyfriend. That's um, Mortiz. I'm not even gonna try, you look it up, people. I'm done. Um, uh, he is the Lit great ghost blue. of speed Racer. He's oh, the great shit. Ghost okay, lover.
1: yeah. Yeah, I I hadn't seen Feed Tracer yet, so there's a thing I can look out for. I know that's one that I got to check off the list.
0: (laughs) Oh man, like I saw it for the first time maybe right before the pandemic. Um, Yo,
1: (laughs) that's what I'm slipping on. It sounds like
0: that movie is. I would I would pay money to get that re release in theaters and watch it in the theater because that that is that movie is influenced by this movie.
1: For sure. Wow.
0: You can tell, like, because the Wachowskis, the the Wachowskis, that movie Mm -hmm. has an energy to it that Run Lolo Run has. Um, And that underrated movie, also dope soundtrack. But anyway, um, really quick about the production a a lot of the stuff, this is a really hard film to research because it came out in 98, and that's early internet. So all the articles are gone. (laughs) a lot of link rot but basically it cost about 2 million it made 14 million in Germany alone huge hit Um, like I said they edited it to Underworld Uh, Twyker said his biggest influence was not MTV a lot of people Mm. said "Oh, MTV like no MTV's old Uh, (laughs) MTV's 14 years old when this movie came out Uh, he was like I like it he said um, there's not. I'm gonna read a quote. There's not. There's nothing so special about MTV. It's an old thing. It's like 14 years old. It's not representative of the late 90s. I always feel like, what do you mean? It may be an influence, but comp- computer games are an influence because I've been playing them for 20 years. Hmm. So that
1: explains a lot.
0: So this might be one of the first movies to be like really influenced by video games.
1: God you you know what for for years, I've had this idea for years, I've been like, man, this game feels this movie feels like a video game, thinking that I'm just like extrapolating my own experience onto it when actuality no he he's been restarting rebooting stories his whole life, apparently. so yeah, here we are,
0: yeah, and it's um. I, yeah, because I, I can't think of another movie that would have been influenced by video games unless it's like, you know, about video games, you know, like yeah. uh, joysticks or something. Don't see joysticks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And like it came out, was a, was a huge international hit, won all kinds of awards. And I'll get to a little bit around that later. I think now we should kind of talk about the movie a bit. Um, again, spoilers. So if you haven't seen One Little Run, what's wrong with you? Go watch it. Um but it's worth I, the
1: rental. Just watch it, y'all. <laughs>
0: just watch it, y'all. You can get it on Amazon Prime. It's in not Prime, but you have to rent it, but it's worth it. Uh there's no four there is a 4K version, but it's only in this huge box set, unfortunately. Um oh, hopefully that'll get a wide release soon because this movie is gorgeous. I love how it opens with this giant fucking clock like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this style from scene one, right?
1: Mm-hmm. The, the phone call? Yeah, yeah. As soon as the phone call starts, it it, it comes in kind of like a dream. Like the whole mm-hmm. movie feels like like nothing's grounded in reality quite yet. And it kind of like leans you in and then the movie kind of just starts and you're like, oh fuck, we're kinda we're going. Like it's all it's already it feels like it's just like you're hitting the ground running, which feels like yeah. very accurate to the pace of this movie. Yeah. Um and so yeah, as soon as they get going and then things get weird immediately, because then it's like switching to animation and you're like, wait, what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's one of my other favorite things about this movie is that like show so he gets a phone call from Manny. Manny's like, yo, I'm fucked. Uh and she's like, don't do and he's gonna he has 20 minutes before. His crew meets him, and he he left the money on the train because man is an idiot. Um, Lola, yeah. you can do better. Uh, that's that's one takeaway <laughs> from it. It's Lola, Lola. Come on, Lola. Anyway, um, sure. See, she throws the receiver, in, the phone receiver, in the air. It lands on the f- on the uh, phone as she goes, and w- when she's running out, you see her mom, who's a drunk, trying to have an affair, and. <laughs> then you see Lola in animation on the TV in the mom's room, and yeah, running downstairs. Such, such an awesome transition, and this movie really uses mixed media. So, like, which I didn't notice when it first came out because when it, when it first came out, you, it's, I watched it on video, video tape. So, like, the differences weren't as drastic. But whenever it cuts to her dad or a lot of other people, it's shot on videotape.
1: Yeah, which I think kind of adds, it kind of adds to the voyeuristic part of it, because like, in those scenes, the character that we're supposed to be following isn't there yet, and so it's just like, it feels kind of like, you know, a security cam, where it's like, you're watching things happen before you're in the room, so I yeah. really like that little touch.
0: And it kind of shows a way, it's kind of the way of showing it's not Lola's viewpoint. like yes, the Lola exactly. Lola's never on videotape. Like, she's always portrayed in film. Uh... The second she shows up at her dad's office, because she decides her dad works at a bank, he can get the money. So he needs a hundred thousand marks.
1: Yep, hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, a lot of money. Uh, and but he's there talking about his affair. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oopsie. Uh, and so, but all that's in video. It's really cool. And also on the way there, whenever oh, yeah, she. This part's cool. It's such a great idea. Whenever she runs into somebody using still photography, the film shows that person's future.
1: That is the coolest thing in the world because it's so much of this movie is about like the small changes that can change your whole life. But it's like in those moments where like like she'll run into somebody and then you'll look into the future and that person suddenly has a really tragic life or they have a really happy life and they meet somebody or whatever it is so weird where like the stuff that's insignificant they're portraying as like oh this is this this one switch just changed their entire life in a massive outcome when really it's just oh i shoved you instead of not shoving you
0: <laughs> yeah like there's the the bike thief and one time she says something to him that kind of makes him feel bad and then he doesn't turn where he would have turned and he gets robbed and he goes to the hospital and he meets a nurse and gets married. Bingo. And in another another timeline, he's a junkie and dies.
1: Yeah. In a very you know, depressing, like, especially for how fast-paced this movie is, when they show you just like someone like, dying in gruesome ways and still photography for a split second, it like kind of gives you like a little bit of emotional whiplash kind of like, you know, not to mention a film that everyone's talked about to death at this point, but everything all at once, there's so much shit that's like juxtaposed against each other where it's like, you know, it's kind of portraying how it is like being on the internet where the one post might be something happy or funny and the next post could be literally someone dying.
0: Yeah, or it's just, it really does make you think about the small things that happen in your life. Like, Mm-hmm. When I lived in Toledo, what, I was supposed to go out with some friends and did. Instead, I stayed home with my stupid drug dealer roommate. Uh, we were robbed at gunpoint. Well, <laughs> in my house. And that was the impetus for me leaving Toledo. That's how I met my roommate in Pittsburgh, who's Chinese. Because of him, I went to China for his wedding and I went to Japan after that for vacation. And that's how I decided to move here so well, shit. if i had gone out that night who the fuck knows i definitely would not have met my roommate because i probably would have moved eventually but i would not have had him as a roommate and without him as a roommate i would not have ended up in japan
1: so that is a massive thing
0: yeah do, do you have can you think of anything like that in your life like if, if one thing was different
1: it's really difficult the most i can think of is like you know i'm on all my little internet fandoms all on my little websites and i really debated like one of the the first convention i ever went to was momocon 2015 uh and i only went because my friends went i don't care about anime and honestly that might change (laughs) that might change i mean (laughs) i'm yo
0: yo be the one
1: (laughs) look i have been the one for 20 years but i happen to I, I now I'm involved with someone who likes anime a lot, so I have to be exposed to some um, But I mean, hey, hey I that, that comes with like <laughs> Oh man, that must I'm be sorry. a way harder life than I'm leading. But um, go but ahead. in any case, uh, yeah. So I go to this convention. Don't care about anime or anything, but I go because my friends are going, and also the kind of funny guys were there, and I'm a big fan of them. So I'm like, fine, I'll go this time. And then that directly led to me meeting Andy, who was a person that I knew online but wasn't really close to. He's like, oh, I recognize you from the Facebook group. Uh, kind of funny or Comedy button, whatever. Uh, We link up, and then that directly leads to Texas. We go to Texas next year. He just invites me randomly, so we all go to Texas for RTX. And then that directly leads to me being buddy-buddy with a lot of the people in the community to the point where Kind of Funny Prom happens, and I have a little viral moment because I make a bunch of rap songs against all the opposition. And so it's like me doing that one thing kind of just led to yeah. even nowadays where it's like, like why the fuck are people from all these websites that I like and care about know who I am It's because I had that one choice. And then that led to viral moments that got me in front of people's faces. And now I'm on a podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You made, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: this podcast this-
1: has dozens of fans,
0: dozens. No, um- <laughs> Hey,
1: d- dozens more than I had in twenty fifteen.
0: A, a little more than that, but yeah. So, yeah, your, your story is way your story is way happier than mine. It doesn't involve because uh, the other the other one for me is like when I was two years old, I broke my leg, and if I hadn't have broken my leg, I know my life would be drastically different because I I my leg is permanently permanently damaged.
1: Uh, ah, okay.
0: And that's why I can't ride a bike, and because I couldn't ride a bike, I didn't go out with the friends as much. So I played my video games. And that pretty much set my tone of my life. So, like, it all, it it is, that can be terrifying to think about (laughs) sometimes, like, but that's kind of one of the cruxes of the film is this chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even with her dad, like, she shows up to him at different times and for the dad, it drastically changes his, what happens, like, think about the first time
1: Oh, she yeah, showed... you're right.
0: So what happens the first time? What does he fucking do to her the first time she shows up?
1: All right, so the first time she shows up, of course, he's having an affair with someone at the bank, and they're having that conversation about, like, oh, are you going to choose me or her? What if I'm she's pregnant? pregnant? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, she she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, she. they're having that conversation, and Lola burst in right as soon as she says, hey, I'm pregnant, and he's, like, his mindset is still on that conversation. So when Lola's coming in, like, yo, I want some money, he's like you know what fuck you i never liked you as a daughter anyway I, you're not the family i want to choose i'm about to have a nice family with this nice lady that i like right now perfect and he just grabs her and just escorts her out and, and not just, only that yeah you're not my fucking daughter oh yeah that's the craziest part i keep forgetting about that part he's like you yeah from you're from not a, c- a daughter of mine you're from a cuckoo's nest <laughs> Yeah. Which is, damn, that's
0: harsh. um Yeah, you're no daughter sure. of mine. You're not even my daughter. Get the fuck out of my life. I'm gonna go be happy. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, but then the second time she shows up a little bit later. So, what's yeah, the time?
1: Con- yeah. yeah, yeah. When when she shows up the second time, she shows up just a little bit too late. And instead of it being, I'm pregnant, and then he's happy, it's, I'm pregnant, he says he accepts the baby, and she's like, well, you accept it, even if it's not yours. And then the doubt, the seed of doubt gets planted, so and he's his, suddenly feeling yeah. different. Yeah. And it's and, like, where she's been.
0: <laughs> and imagine, imagine you're that dude, and it happens to you twice. <laughs> That's uh, like, yeah, don't chew on your wife, but also, that sucks. <laughs> Like, yeah yeah anyway and then the third time she is I forgot what she I think she does third cause, time. yeah
1: go ahead the the third time, there's also another scene that's related where she like runs in front of some dude's car as he's pulling out of his house. Uh the first two times she runs in front of the car just enough to delay him, and he ends up like ramming some car on the way out. Mm-hmm. the la- The last time she like fully dives on the car, and they have like a brief conversation. Then she keeps running, but that's long enough for him not to hit that car. So that guy ends up being like a business partner of her father's that was meeting up with him that day. So by the time yeah. she gets to the bank on that third try father's nowhere to be found and then push comes to shove they end up hitting that same car like an hour or two or minutes later <laughs> on a completely different street and it ends up not just being a fender bender a very serious accident <laughs> where they're all very shaken up
0: yes yes or worse you don't even really know um, true ambiguous yeah. and that that's like one really cool like just like one minute difference a five minute difference a 10 minute difference and everything's different Mm-hmm. And that's the big I think the biggest change is that because then because the first two times, first times he goes to the bank, dad says, no, you're a bastard. Get out of here. Manny goes to rob the supermarket. She helps him. Mm-hmm. Cop kills her.
1: On accident, too, on which accident. was the fucked up part.
0: Really bad cop. As bad As, as bad cops go really bad. Um. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's intentionally murdering someone and there's accidentally murdering someone. They're both bad. But once it's at the level of a neptus, like, come on, man. And then, the second time, she gets to the bank later, and but, but the conversation is different, and she decides to rob the bank.
1: <laughs> yeah, using her father kind of as like a hostage. Yeah,
0: it's an intense scene.
1: Yeah, it was very intense, but it was also like something I don't think about often. This movie's really funny because, like, right after that robbery where she she pulls it off, they go get the money from the back, and she comes up with her th- hundred thousand. Then she walks out the front fucking door, <laughs> and of course the police are there, and she's like, "Fuck." And everyone's aiming at her, and the cops are just like brushing the hand. They're like, hey, move, move. Because they don't know it's her. For some reason, no one gave a description. Oh, there's this redheaded chick who's about to rob us. Like, no (laughs) one said that. So they're just like, get out the way, lady. You want to die?
0: Sexism in your favor. Go for it. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And she tosses the gun before she goes outside, which is important. Yes. yeah that helps so in that one that one i feel like that 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 solution is bad because yeah she got manny the money but her life is over (laughs) because oh yeah yeah but it it doesn't matter because manny gets hit by a fucking bus or an ambulance (laughs)
1: that's true in like a very like once again pg-13 i don't know if it's 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 a foreign film so it's not rated pg-13 but that's the type of content it is but that hit felt very visceral and violent. Yeah. Like, it's not bloody, but just, like, the sound and just, like, the way they shoot it is, like, man, that's rough. It's,
0: it's a trope that always gets me. Like, the, the hit by a bus or hit by a somebody walking on the street and then the car out of camera hits them and kills them. Ah you know, like, uh, yeah. You know, like like uh, like Mean uh, Girls. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen Mean Girls.
1: Um, Ooh, I know, okay. I know,
0: <clears throat> I know. I'm a bad gay. Um, <laughs> uh, or uh, my, my go-to is uh, is Meet Joe Black.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen that clip. Yeah, 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. Or or Final Destination, whatever the one. I think Final Destination for the one in the movie theater. Um, that guy gets yep. hit by a bus for like really quick. So it's that kind of thing, you know. Uh, it's visceral and shocking. There's a really good one of those in Lost. Lost is a great one. But anyway, um, so then first two tries, not so so, so hot. Bad things happen. And then third try, it's kind of interesting because you kind of get the idea that she's retained knowledge.
1: Yeah, that's the most interesting part of this whole movie. And she kind of has to. Go ahead. I was just going to say, even in the second attempt where they're like, lady, you don't know what to do with that thing when she takes the security guard's gun. And she's like, really? I don't know what to do. And she remembers the hammer to take off the uh, safety. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you wouldn't have known that if you didn't retain. But in the same breath, when she was having the conversation with her father, she knew that it was like some infidelity stuff going on. It seemed like Mm -hmm. she was surprised from that revelation again for a second time. So it's like what information is she retaining what isn't it's like it's it's interesting it just gives you a lot to think about there
0: Yeah and it's not explained but but in a, in a fun way not in a limbo way and um <laughs> sorry i and, argue that's also in a fun
1: way but please continue yeah,
0: You know well <laughs> Anyway you're right um, Limbo <laughs> Limbo's a good play limbo it's a good game okay um
1: inside's but, a better game but please continue
0: Yeah both are good yes but um it's very interesting how these little things are retained. And I also like her supernatural ability to break fucking glass. Yeah. Uh, she really
1: is a video game character. She has yeah. class abilities and everything. <laughs>
0: yes, he leveled <laughs> up. Because in the, yeah. third, the third time since he misses her dad, she's running and she's basically praying to God for a miracle. And she sees a casino.
1: Mm. And Hell of a scene.
0: Amazing. Here's a looky. This is an action film, but there's not a lot of action other than running.
1: True. Because it's, it's, the, it's a film with actions.
0: Yes. <laughs> and, but like a lot of little things change in the third one to make it work for them. Before the casino, C so says something different to the cyclist. And then he, he goes. He makes the to, turn. He makes the turn and runs into the homeless guy who took the money from Manny in the first place. And then the homeless guy buys the bike and then Manny sees the homeless guy.
1: Yeah. And so they get into a chase and everything, Yeah. which first off, when you said Manny was an idiot, I was like, Oh man, that's a little rough. The more I thought about it, the more I'm like, how many blocks did he chase this man on a bike before he took out the gun?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, Manny, like, I have known so many women in my tw- when I was in my twenties who dated Manny's. Oh yeah, like like just <laughs> like low level idiot like my drug dealer roommate. <laughs> like <laughs> his girlfriend was hot as hell and dumb as bricks, um, but that's she could have done. The that. That's the archetype. That's yeah no. The, but she wanted her free weed, so that's you that'll know. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, and 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 I like well, was even worse in high school. Like you know. Young people, you shouldn't. Di- you shouldn't get in. You shouldn't date until you're
1: 30. Anyway, um, holy. Well, I fucked up. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just. You know, just I know you're good. You're good, good. You're joking, joking. You're being, joking. Being I mean, hey, 28 is close enough, and I'm lucking out, so I'm yeah, feeling good. You be, you be careful. Be careful. Uh, indeed. I, indeed.
0: So while Manny gets his good luck, she goes to the casino. I love the casino scene.
1: Yes, that's a great scene. Yeah, there's something about how, how just she's so out of place in the entire scene and everyone's so skeptical of her, but she's just, she comes there with one purpose and one purpose only, and it kind of gives, like, completely different type of movie entirely, but, like, pursuit of happiness whenever will smith is like like very clearly i ain't got money like that compared to everybody else and he Mm. sticks out like a sore thumb but he's determined to like get it i it's just a similar vibe in that scene where it's like yeah she doesn't belong here but she's here for one thing and one thing only and she got it and then dipped and everyone just is stunned and disbelief that she pulled it
0: off because she goes to the roulette table puts 100 100 marks on on 20 wins and then doubles down uh to get the money and when it, the second one is she screams she basically wills it into happening mm-hmm. by just steel willpower and every all the glass in the building breaks when she screams and <laughs> then she gets the money I need a bag please and then leaves Um, uh, and then she runs to meet Manny my favorite part is that Manny gets his money and now they have an extra hundred grand
1: the question is like 'Cause I always loved that part of the movie as well where it's such a adrenaline like your your heart's beating the entire time. Then the movie just ends so haphazardly. Like there's no big bang. Yeah. It, yeah it's it's just good, like yeah. a very like it, it, you just stop. You're not running because the tension is gone. It's now, oh, we can walk now. And yeah. it's like kind of releasing the gas.
0: <laughs> walk little walk.
1: Um it, <laughs> Exactly.
0: Yeah, there is no there's no big set piece. The big set piece is her screaming at a roulette table.
1: <laughs> exactly. Which is very unique.
0: One thing I like about it is that, yeah, Manny's life is on the line, for sure. But this is a movie about relatively low stakes. Mm -hmm. Like, when you compare it to, like, fucking Thanos killing half the goddamn universe. Or (laughs) the Fast and Furious films. Or anything about terrorists or war. Like, this is about a girl trying to save her guy. And get, like, a relatively small amount of money. In the yeah. grand scheme, in the grand of things, and yeah. Because
1: I was gonna say at, at the end of the movie when they walk away with that extra one hundred k, it's like, yeah, that's great for them. How much that does? That's not life changing money. That's like a good couple months, <laughs> but that's yeah, about it.
0: Yeah. Lola, that's good enough money for you to dump that boy, and go to college, get your life. I, honestly,
1: yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> the love so. of God.
0: to talk like i i'm sorry emma i didn't realize how young you was um but Fair enough. Yeah, so you have no recollection of any of this because you were not alive so i'm sorry <laughs> if i talk too much um it's all good but this movie really had me thinking about the 90s indie scene um mm. the art house the foreign cinema boom and you know of course miramax we have to talk you know sorry um, but that whole, that, that's, I was a teenager then and it was a really exciting time to be a movie nerd because it felt like all these exciting and interesting films were coming out. Like Sundance had started in the, in the eighties, but it really picked up steam in the nineties and you had filmmakers, like a lot of people point to Quentin Tarantino as like, yeah. Jumping off point for that, but really, it wasn't just and, and Kevin Smith, and I think and some nowadays, I think Kevin Smith doesn't get enough credit, but for Clerks, because Clerks was life changing. Um, but it's not just them. Before them, the Cohen brothers, you know, in, oh, in yeah. eighty in eighty four, they made they made Blood Simple, huge indie indie thing, not a big movie in the theaters, huge on video, huge huh. on video, and of course, you have Spike Lee.
1: Oh, yeah. Spike Lee, Um, I'm aware
0: of, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and like, She's Gotta Have is 86. But I really feel like shit really gets into high gear with this kind of like art house indie scene in 89 when you have Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which was a huge hit, like a mainstream hit movie that cost nothing to make. It has Jane Spader. It's a weird movie. Um, And then on the other end of the spectrum, you got House Party. (laughs) you know <laughs> uh house party in- for everybody house well, house party independent
1: movie um with K- kid and play uh oh i've actually seen house party okay yeah um here we go it's a 1990
0: kid and play and what's that old guy's name
1: um oh god damn it uh i'm looking it up christopher martin uh that the dad? Whoever was the dad? Oh wait, that's kidding play. Oh, you're talking about fucking Pops. Uh
0: Robin, Robin Harris, Robin Harris.
1: That's it, Robin Harris. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But
0: yeah, that movie cost two million dollars, made thirty million dollars.
1: Yeah, that's exactly so, the type of movie people wanted to see. Because honestly, I look at that movie and I'm like, yeah, this is what my parents were doing, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um also that movie has an amazing cast. That movie has Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell in it.
1: Yeah, um, I, literally two of the goats of that era for me. So, yeah, Clifton Powell, yeah. too, like, another goat for me.
0: It has, it has one of the worst extended gay jokes of all time. Um, yeah,
1: I can imagine. The, Early the, 90s, the, yeah.
0: The, the prison scene. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it does have one of my favorite lines. Okay, this is homophobic. I don't care. He wraps the line. My asshole has a sign that says, do not enter. I think that's funny. <laughs>
1: that it that is ridiculous. That is, outside I get the, of the picture you're trying to paint, but God, the that's context silly.
0: of the film, that's funny. Um, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, during this time, the the big indie studios' new line was still independent. They got bought pretty soon after this, um, and you had Miramax, of course, and this was by Luna Looney um Sony Pixels Classics, and they were also a big deal. They released Howard's End, which I think won Best Picture that year, and they released wow. Crum, the documentary Crumb, which is an amazing movie, um, Living in Oblivion, mm. City of Lost Children, a lot of great foreign films. City of Lost Children's amazing. Um, my V and Rose, which is a very now topical film about a trans kid, um, hmm. and all about my mother. And I feel like Sony Pix's classics kind of peaked with Crouching Tiger.
1: Oh, wow. I forgot that was them, too. Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. Yeah, that was them.
0: And that would be 03, I believe. And, uh, oh, no, 2000, 2000, 2000. And I, I kind of feel, this movie came out in 98, and I kind of feel like it is riding the, cr- the crest of the interest in alternative and indie and art house and foreign films. Um, because after that, fucking Shakespeare in Love wins Best Picture. <laughs> um, that's a quote-unquote independent film, but it's not. It's you know Max making a big budget studio, and yeah, th- yet now it and the I, I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of, it's kind of hard to make my point here because like yes, there are still dozens and dozens of exciting indie films every year, and independent and foreign films have become more democratized than ever with digital video. Like there's that movie Tangerine was shot on a fucking iPhone.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you, know,
0: you know, and that's great, but I feel like there's uh, the interest is not there. Maybe there's too much of it now. That um, is true. There's too, you know, and people, people, people seem to forget that sometimes. Everyone having access to something is not always. I mean, it's good in a democratization sense, but in terms of like trying to find something to fucking watch,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. We're, I mean. We're oversaturated with just too much, not just content, but like stimuli. There's just too much yeah. going on in any given moment. so mm-hmm, Yeah. Exactly. And, so when you add movies in the equation, it's going to just be a lot. It's going to be hard to stand out.
0: And one thing I think also that makes me th- you know, think back about, about this is I'm watching Run, Lola, Run again, and I'm like, why isn't every movie like this? Why wasn't... This was a huge movie for for what it was, and... The talk, of, the talk of it was like, this is the next big thing. And no, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that it's still such a small thing that like I just like randomly saw someone tweet about it and just brought it up and no one else is bringing this up at any moment. It's like, yeah, this, this thing should have gone on to inspire a generation. And it really doesn't seem like it has in the, what, 20 years since.
0: Well, I think it came out in America the same year as The Matrix.
1: Ah, uh, well, that's probably did it.
0: <laughs> and you know, hey, I love the Matrix. Yeah, but Matrix I week. wish I wish there was a world where acts and films and thrillers weren't dominated by gigantic huge Marvel movies and Fast and Furious, which I love, and Mission an Impossible and just like the same five franchises. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to and like I love low budget acts and stuff like um what's uh, um I'm blank Scott Atkins movies. Oh, you know? okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Well Michael J. White, you know, that kind of stuff is fun. But the I feel like the the we we, we could have had it so much better. One of the many ways in which we everything went wrong in the late nineties, you know, <laughs> and two thousand. Um the timeline delineated, the Ravens won the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Um <laughs> I'm a Browns fan. Um, George Bush was elected. You know, uh, it feels like all these small things—not small things, very narrow things—happened that we got the bad timeline. And I, compared to George Bush winning the election, winning in hair, in air quotes, this not a big deal. But <laughs> I, I, it just bums me out that we didn't get a world where. People aren't like, no, you're in film school. Now you have to watch one little run.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that, that's the thing that the thing that most depresses me about the fact that this is the timeline we're in. Is that because, you know, all the action, all the excitement, all those types of films are in a handful of franchises. Mm-hmm. They are all... Like, yes, there's differences in them. They all have their different formulas, but they all still seem cut from very similar cloth where mm-hmm. the MCU made it where, yeah, you can have all this action and stuff, but it has to be fantasy. You can't have violence unless you're Sam Raimi and can really ride that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so like y- you have it for there and then you have like your John Wicks are very violent and such, but even those have like a tinge of humor, just like the mm-hmm. MCU movies have and same thing with Mission Impossible, but like something like Run, Lola, Run, what I think is so interesting and so unique about it, especially compared to other films of its like of similar films of the time and today, is that it's playing with not just the structure of the film, but also just how it's shot. It's split screening. It's using animation. It's doing so many things. It feels like it's creative and vibrant in a way where all these other movies are just like, all right, it is what it is. <laughs> and then you like it or not. Oh, and,
0: and it's creative and vibrant and uses unique filmmaking techniques and it not just putting a bunch of people on a goddamn green screen.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we don't you have know. enough of that. Oh, Creativity God. is hard to come by.
0: Yeah, and it's not even like you can do green screen type acts in interesting ways, like *Mandalorian*. You know, True. I think that's a, that's not not a movie, but *Mandalorian* mix it up, and they the action in that is is kinetic and fun, and it's actual sets and things like that. And but like I've lost interest in most mainstream action films because. Yeah. For me, there has to be something real about it. And in this movie, all she's doing is running. But yo, she's running. Like, yeah. And the stakes are high for her. And the outcome is important to her. And by making such things as gunshots and violence so sparse, it has a real impact when it happens. Mm-hmm. Like when Mana gets hit by that ambulance, like, yo, holy shit. Like it, it, it's surprising. And if I watch a Marvel movie and like a million people burst into flames, it's like it's, I'm watching a fucking video game. Like yeah, pretty I much. just, I, I need something real. That's why I like you know martial arts movies.
1: Yeah, because each impact you know. feels like something that actually happened.
0: Yeah, and and, and it's a real person doing something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not a not a not not Legolas sliding down an elephant. You know, and looking like he's made of light of paper. So, but sorry. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. But anyway, I'm
1: not a Lord of the Rings person, so I'll shit on them all day. But I understand why people like those movies. Just not me.
0: The, the CG has not aged well. They are very good movies. Um. Yeah. The, the, the CG has not, especially Two Towers. When I saw Two Towers in the theater, I was like, "This is amazing." And then I watched it on on DVD, and I'm like, "This looks like a fucking video game." Uh, <laughs> it just it doesn't. That needs a special edition. Someone needs to go in and uh, oh god pop hey I, man, as l- I i like as long as they keep the original available fuck it go 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 hog wild, go nuts give me you know fix fix the Legolas looks like a fucking like he looks like a cartoon And anyway, we're not talking <laughs> to talk about Lord of the rings um watch everyone watch run will the run, and um if you see films like it if 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 you come across independent or foreign films that are pushing the envelope and being creative in ways that you just don't see anymore. Like celebrate that shit. Um like everything every everything everywhere all at once.
1: Oh yeah. That's your yeah. favorite movie of the year right there. Like it's doing so much wacky shit and heartfelt shit that you don't mm-hmm. see. So yeah, hopefully we see it more. Swiss Army Man 2, let's go.
0: <laughs> and I, I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once yet because, Ooh. well, it wasn't in theaters here. Um,
1: uh, great point. And
0: so it's on Blu-ray. I'm going to watch it very soon. Uh, I love that one dude. He's great. Uh, you know, give him all the Oscars. Um, and I feel really? like that is one movie that is kind of like, hey, that movie made up like $100 million, right? hmm And that's doing stuff that mainstream action films don't do. So hopefully... Someone will get the fucking message this time, and we'll get to see something different. I'm not hopeful though. But anyway, I think (laughs) we'll wrap it up there, Emmett. And you got anything else to say about Lola and her running?
1: (laughs) Well, I'll say if you're going to be running, you should invest in some better shoes. Number one. Um, Mm -hmm. But nah. Speaking of just the movie, uh, yeah, I think this movie's great. I think you know, I kind of watched this when when I watched it at this period during college. I kind of like. Long story short, I was like, I'm just going to watch every Best Picture winner for every year that I can find on the internet, Mm -hmm. and once I finished that, because I did not go far enough back to really get into some weird shit, um, (laughs) because I. Oh, no. God, no. At a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm like in the late 70s. I think I'm good. Mm. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But yeah, I did. uh, I was just really into movies then, and I still am really into movies now, but this was just in that phase where I was like, I just want to see new things, things that I can't think of in my own mind. I want someone to put that on a screen. And Run Lola 1 is one of the best examples of that. I would recommend this movie to anybody. Yes, it's foreign language. Yes, you got to read. But at a certain point, it's not about the words. It's about, like, just the visceral actions that are happening it's really good and i still think it's the best video game movie of all time <laughs> so <laughs> the, man why wasn't there a video game let me tell you i have wanted <laughs> it, it wasn't until this rewatch where i'm like an actual run lola run video game would be incredible because people talk about what's that i think what's his name the guy from, who does the deus ex games war inspector yeah, he's yeah, talked yeah. about what if you made an rpg but it's like a city block this is the template for that where yeah. it, it's just a roguelike and like you have an action that changes something up the street and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is the template. Someone watch this movie, get inspired and make that for us because I would make play it, the hell out of that.
0: You should give it to the guys who make Rogue Legacy, um, Elador games, and it's to be an endless runner roguelike
1: endless runner rogue like is wild and well, not uh,
0: endless as an end you have to get to you know the money But oh,
1: yeah it ends when you get the money but yeah i was gonna yeah. say the folks who did outer wilds i think they from everything i hear about that game because i haven't played that and i know there's people at home they're mad about me saying that eh. but that game sounds like run lola runs template in space so maybe that's where i need to look
0: i i I really wish that game played better because it's amazing, but I I kept dying in stupid ways. And in that game, when you die, it resets the timeline and you're like, oh, oh, man.
1: Yeah, I got to play all that again. I know how that I know how that goes. Trust me.
0: Anyway, Emmett, where can people find you online?
1: They can find me a lot of places. Uh, I've added several links since last time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, of course, EJspun61 on Twitter is the main place. You go there for everything. That's like my home base pretty much. So EJspun61 there. But if you want to see any of the stuff I do, VGU.TV is the website that I write for and also make videos for and also do podcasts for. Literally after this, we're going to start our Game of the Year discussions tonight. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah. Oh God. It's look, remember when I said I barely played anything last year, it's going to be a fun combo. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's going to be a fun one. We're going to start that tonight. Also, uh, welcome to the thing podcast, the yeah. show that I do with TL Foster and Jared green. Um, very proud of that show. Very happy about that show. And we'll see if PAX is going to give us a panel for it or not, but it's looking Ooh. like I'm going to be a PAX regardless with all of them. So, uh, look forward to that, uh, planning that trip too. Um, so, yeah, that a new episode of that is going to be coming out in the next couple of days. So uh, welcome to the thing is the place to go for that. And the last thing is Spoonful podcast, the uh, show that I do with uh, Mario Pacquiao, uh, another kind of funny best friend, another person I met because I said yes to Momocon all those years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's just another conversational podcast. Sometimes we'll talk about whatever games or movies are p- coming out. Sometimes we'll talk about our personal lives. And if you want to know why I haven't been watching a lot of movies or playing a lot of games lately. Lately, I talk a lot about that in the latest episode of Spoonful. So uh, at Spoonful Viz is a Twitter for that. Or you can search that on YouTube and see the show. So that's what I got today.
0: All right. Well, you got more than me. I got this. <laughs> and my other podcast is dead. So um, rest in peace, Alexander's Ragtime oh. Band. Um, there's not enough time to talk about prog rock anymore. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> and you can find me everywhere. I, I'm lost on table. You know me. Uh, Lost Turntable on Twitter, YouTube, uh, all those other social networks that are st- on standby in case Twitter explodes. I'm on there as Lost Turntable. And I plan on updating my YouTube once I can speak when, a- after my surgery. I plan on updating. I finally have another video out. And my blog, yeah, 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 yeah sometime. Anyway, <laughs> uh, everyone, thanks for listening. I'll be back sometime sometime we'll say sometime uh there will All be right, safe yeah this episode's going up in in january there will be an episode in february after that i don't want to make any promises so until then take care